So um, as a quick reminder uh, about last week, and um, before I get started with the message, I want to I make a confession in the presence of the saints this morning. Can your pastor be honest? <laughs> pastor should be honest, right? Uh, but uh, last week was not only our first impromptu outdoor gathering, but I had been very sick in the weeks leading up to last week's Sunday. So I hadn't prepared a message. We were supposed to live stream last week. So it was also my first impromptu outdoor sermon uh, last week, which was uh, exciting. Um, now, I'm not saying that to, to create a perpetual example that no matter how little you've prepared, God will come through and, you know, clean up your laziness. <laughs> like, I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't have to wait for a sewage leak in the street for God to show you that he can do a miracle. You guys understand what I'm saying? But I do share that to say that even in the moments of your weakness, take heart. Because his strength is made perfect in your weakness. His grace is sufficient. Amen. Amen. So, for this morning, church, and in light of the fact that for us as Father's House, we take the month of January to speak about our vision, I want to continue the conversation that we started and touched on last week and expand a little on what I introduced as something of a personal vision for me this year, as well as something that I feel on my heart uh, for us corporately as a, as a vision for the year collectively, and that is to enjoy the Lord more in 2024, to enjoy the Lord more in 2024. Father's House Mandela Bay coined the hashtag Restore24 as their slogan. I'm leaning more into the More24, so as a specific word, still within our same vision, of course, but more specifically for us here at Father's House J Bay to enjoy our walk with Jesus more this year. I wonder how many of us take time to pause long enough in our spiritual journeys on a regular basis to firstly realize what we have in Christ through our relationship with him. And then secondly, reach into what we have through our relationship with, with, with Christ and enjoy him for who he is. I wonder how many of us pause and just acknowledge that. I wonder how often we go to God first before doing something for God or asking him to do something for us. Not in the doing sense, but in the being sense first. You see, it's in our being with God that we hear and will hear our specific assignment from God. It's in the being, it's in the becoming that we receive the instruction for the doing. And for us this year, if God is not in something, I want us to have the wisdom as a church to recognize that and let go. Even if it seems to be a good thing to us at the time. And the courage to trust him for what is from him this year. And I feel like the way that that will happen for us, church, is by spending time with him and enjoying him for who he is first before anything else. It's a return to intimacy with him, I guess, if you want to put it that way. And my hope in sharing this message with you this morning, church, is that you will find a new and fresh desire to draw closer to God this year. That's it. That you will find a new and fresh desire to, to, to draw closer to him, to to reach into the riches of his goodness in your relationship with him and to enjoy him more. And whether you're here this morning and, and that's an old relationship with the Lord or you've had that for a while or a brand new one or perhaps today you might decide to receive that invitation for the first time and start a relationship with, with, with the Lord Jesus. My hope is that wherever we are, each of us would respond to that call this morning, just to simply enjoy the presence of Jesus more in your life this year. Can you say amen to that? 
You see, and this, this has been my, my personal conviction for this year, that oftentimes in our spiritual journeys, we embrace the call to do pretty quickly. Now, we embrace the call to do pretty quickly, yet we seem pretty slow to embrace the call to be or to become. Like, you know, most of what we see around us, a, a performance-based society where everything gets measured and everything gets ranked, everything gets compared to something else, we are quick to jump to the next and newest assignment for God, the next and newest plan, activity, project. And while I'm not saying that we should be, you know, while I'm not saying that we should not be actively seeking God for those things, the next plan, activity, or project, I wonder how quick we are to go to Him first, just for Him, just for Him, just to simply enjoy Him and then ask the question in a new way, Lord, what is it that you want for me to do this year? Not, this is what I want to do for you. Does that make sense? In fact, you know, Jesus says something pretty radical on the topic of loving God first and doing for God from that place. Some of us probably know this verse and can quote it, I'm sure. John 14, verse 15. Uh, Jesus says these quite incredible words. It should appear on the screen soon, unless I forgot to send it. There it is. Uh, if you love me, you will keep my commands. He doesn't say that loving me is keeping my commands. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Love is first, commandment keeping follows. You could say it this way, that doing for God is a fruit, loving God is the root. Doing for God is the fruit, loving God is a root. And I wonder if our outcomes as followers of Jesus would look different if we spent as much time seeking God as we did producing for God. Yeah, give me the next thing. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's go. I wonder if our outcomes would look different if we just actively spent as much time going to Him to enjoy Him first. And this is the question that I'm asking of myself and of us as a church this year. You know, do, we, do we embrace God enough just for Him? Just for Him. Before going to Him with something we have achieved or something we want to achieve. And, you know, here's the danger. We should be careful that we don't get those two things the other way around. Because eventually, like I've experienced in my own life, you'll find yourself having done a lot, having achieved a lot of things, ticked a lot of stuff off the list, but yet you're feeling spiritually empty. I've been there. I know what that's like. And you see, there's a, there's a, there's, that's, the, that's a danger. There's a, there's a temptation that we all face. And and, and, and that is to place our faith, our walk with God, in the same category as a, as a list of other things that we have to do in life. It's something that takes up a lot of time, that requires much activity and busyness. You know, we kind of lump our faith in that same category, don't we? It's a subtle mindset that sometimes creeps in. And you guys know what I'm talking about. We know we use language like, I need to go to church this weekend, you know. It kind of forms part of the, of the to-do list for the week, you know. I feel bad for not going to church. Well, you should. No, I'm joking. It's just pastoral heart there. Sorry. Just delete that part, Herman. Um, but we use language like, I must read my Bible and pray, or I should do more things, or I should attend this thing. You know, we kind of fit spiritual matters into an already busy schedule and to-do list, right? While those things are very important, if we don't have our hearts in the right place, very soon our faith falls into that category of an admin thing when actually that's not the intended purpose at all. And here's the thing about that, you know, God would far rather us be present with him continuously, heart in the right place, than accomplish things for him occasionally, heart in a distant place. 
becoming like him first before the doing for him later. And you know, what, you know what it's like when you're doing something just for the sake of doing something, right? When your heart's not in it. You know that feeling. Too often Christians will try and change the behavior when they experience that. Oh, I must do more, I must give more, I must serve more, I must accomplish more. And yes, you should, but change the heart first and watch how the right behavior follows. Because you see, it's in the becoming that we become clear about the doing. You want to become more regular in church, Bible reading, prayer, generosity? Change your heart. Change your heart and watch what happens to the behavior. This is for me too, by the way. Believe me, I've got some massive goals and plans that I want to achieve for Father's House JV this year. And we'll be unpacking them over the next couple, uh, um, couple of weeks, in fact. And I've had to, in my own heart, go to God and say, Lord, is this from you? Is this from you? Have I known you first? Have I been with you first before I've come to you with the things that I want to do for you? Help me to be who you want me to be before I do what you want me to do. The psalmist, David, um, a man who seemed to personify this type of relationship with God, he words it better than anyone ever could, I guess. And this has kind of been a flagship verse for me this year as I think about the next couple of months. Psalm 37, 4. Psalm 37, verse 4. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. We focus on the second part of that a lot, don't we? Lord, the desires of my heart. But we forget. We forget. Take delight. Take delight. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. And he will act, making your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like the noonday. That's so beautiful. Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Oh, man. It's pretty hard to do, hey? Stop. Just pause. Avoid. Long enough. Just wait. Wait expectantly for him. Go to him. Wait expectantly from, uh, uh, for him. Do not be agitated by one who prospers in his way, by the person who carries out evil plans. Don't worry about them. Refrain from anger. Give up your rage. Don't be agitated. It can only bring harm. For evildoers will be destroyed. But those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. That is such a beautiful piece of scripture, church. Does that make, does, does, is it making sense where I'm going? Is that painting the, the concept? And so, <coughs> excuse me, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean to enjoy the Lord more? Or, or as David put, puts it, to delight in him. Where... Where are we going with that verse as something of a vision for us this year? And how do we unpack it and roll it out in our lives individually and together as a church? Because as I journey through this, this, faith, this faith walk with you, I'm starting to realize more and more that we have individual callings and destinies on our lives from God. But, but God also has a plan for a body of believers collectively. I think there's something to be said about the, the corporate destiny of a church. You know, the, the, the unique direction and plan that God wants for a specific group, a specific body of believers to achieve. You know, we are a specific part of the body of Christ. We have a unique function to, to play. And this word that I feel, um, that, I, that I felt the Lord lay in my heart, uh, you know, as the, as the shepherd of this church in this season, it, I think holds the key for us to play our part well. I think this is, where, this is where the key lies. So how do we interpret this, friends? How do we live this out? individually and collectively in our own unique expression. Well, just consider again that, 
that, that verse four, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. I think that has to be one of the starting points to enjoying God more and receiving of his goodness, surely. It's to allow our hearts to be forged with his, to be likened to his, to be aligned with his. I think this is where our greatest work often lies, doesn't it? It's in getting our hearts right before God. It's coming to him, getting our hearts right, not only in the sense of, you know, confessing our sins and allowing, allowing his forgiveness to wash over us and purify us. Of course, that's part of it. But getting our hearts right before God in the sense of knowing how much he loves us. Just knowing how much he loves us, knowing the foundation of the relationship that we have with him, which is in and through the Lord Jesus. And we've got to get to the place in our relationship with God that says, before you do anything for him. In fact, one level deeper, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We've got to get to that place. Uh, Romans 5, 6 to 11, this is, the, this is the passage. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He says, for really someone... Uh, for, for, for really will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then? <laughs> How much more then, friends, since we have now been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from wrath? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of, death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life? Oh man, and not only that, verse 11 concludes, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. What an incredible passage of scripture. While, while, we, while we were helpless, there was nothing that we could offer him. Christ died for us. How much more then? How much more then do we get to enjoy the blessing of being reconciled to God through our relationship with him? Do you see the importance of receiving in our hearts what Jesus has done for us? It's the sacrifice of the son that, that, that allows us to receive the full goodness of the father. You know, I heard a, I heard a preacher say, say, say this recently. He said, it's in our union with the son that we have communion with the father. It's in our union with the son that we have communion with the father. It's through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we have access to God. And that grace, that, that, that gracious gift is freely and readily available for anyone to receive, not just once unto salvation, but every day for our sanctification as we, as we become more like Christ. The union is the cause. Communion is the effect. And it's because of our union with Christ that we are able to have this, this ongoing intimacy with the Father. Does that make sense? And friends, this is, that, this is that place in your relationship with Jesus where you go, Lord, even me, even on that day, when I said that thing and did that thing and the grace of God in, in Jesus is absolutely you, absolutely yes, even on that day, even on that day, before you knew you needed anything from me, even in those moments where you wanted nothing to do with me, even in those moments where you were too busy for me, I loved you and my grace is freely available for you. First Peter 3 18 says this, for Christ also suffered for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you, where? To God. Christ brought us to God. 
man, this, is, um, this work of the heart is a hard one, isn't it? We often get tripped up thinking that we need to do something to earn God's grace and acceptance, or that we need to keep doing something to prove that we should keep it. <laughs> Where our ability to enjoy the Lord more is rooted not in our performance for Him. That comes after, it's, but it's rooted in His perfection and performance on our behalf that when we receive makes us able to stand and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Can you say amen to that, church? You, know, you could say it this way, and then I'm gonna give us three examples of what it looks like to enjoy the Lord more. You could say it this way. Our hearts, our hearts, they aren't, they aren't the organ of performance, they're the organ of preference. It's not the place of performance, it's the place of preference. God wants your heart before he wants your CV. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? God wants you. Of course the CV is important. Yes, I mentioned this earlier. Enjoying the Lord is not a cop-out to be ineffective and unproductive but it's recognizing an order of importance to ensure that, that what we do comes from who we know and it comes from who we are in Christ, not the other way around. What we do comes from who we are and from who we know. And once your heart attaches to his, once your heart is forged with his, he begins to reshape your heart's desires. You know what this is like. Think about when you, when you, when you started dating him or her. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You couldn't bear the thought of listening to classical music. Couldn't bear the thought. Now, you were into heavy metal and rap, something. But, but, because she likes classical music, now you're the one setting classical hits from the 80s playlists on date night. You know what I'm talking about. You couldn't stand the smell of sushi, but he loves it. He's a fisherman. Now, all of a sudden, you're the one chowing sashimi like it's a plate of Astros. You know what it's like. Your heart's desires, your enjoyment of things. It undergoes a reshaping, right? When you meet someone that you fall in love with. And if that happens with our earthly relationships, how much more should we allow the one who loved us and gave himself for us to reshape our heart's desires when we fall more in love with him? Can you say amen to that, church? And so what does that look like? I've got a couple of minutes left and I'm gonna give us three, three points this morning on what it looks like to enjoy the Lord more. And once we've once we've settled in our hearts that, that God chose us and he brought us into relationship with him through his son. Once he begins working on those heart's desires, once we are delighting ourselves in the Lord and he's granting us those desires, what does it look like? How do we enjoy the Lord more? Well, the good news is that God has given us very clear and very simple guidelines in his word. This doesn't have to be rocket science to figure out. And I think that's a good thing because getting back to that place of intimacy shouldn't require some scientific formula to figure out. There's a few very, very basic, very sound, very powerful Christian principles and practices that we can implement that help us enjoy the Lord more. And the first one, and we're going to lean into this throughout this year together uh, in, in a variety of different ways. But the first one is enjoying the Lord means that we find purpose in his presence. And that's through worship. That's through worship. Enjoying the Lord means that we find purpose in his presence. And that's through worship. I suppose... We could spend all day on this, hey? We could spend all months talking about worship. But suffice to say for this morning, church, do you know why it's so important in the life of a Christian that we worship God? Do you know why we worship God? We worship God privately and publicly as the body of Christ because he is holy. He is holy. He is worthy of the praise and the worship that we bring, the sacrifice of praise and worship that we bring. Because it's not just about singing for 
30 minutes on a Sunday morning, right? That's our whole lives lived in devotion to him. And when we enter his courts with thanksgiving, when we humble ourselves before him and acknowledge with our hearts that God, you are God, I am not, you are holy. When we place our lives in his hands like that, it's there that we find our true purpose. Worship is one of the keys that unlocks a life lived in enjoyment of, of the Lord. Worship is one of the keys. Worship is one of the keys that unlocks this life lived in enjoyment of the Lord's presence. Uh, I've got a passage from Exodus chapter 15 that I want to share with us very briefly. This is the story of Moses and the children of Israel as they are led out of Egypt. It's a remarkable passage of scripture. It says this, and he replied, this is the Lord talking, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. If your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go up from here. Don't make us go up. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this from all the other people on the face of the earth. The Lord answered Moses, I'll do this very thing you have asked for you have found favor with me and I know you by name. You know what's so remarkable about this passage of scripture? They've just come out of the Red Sea, right? They've literally just come out of the Red Sea. I see some of my, some of my um, fellow shredders are nodding their head. In case you missed it, we, we, we're busy with a 30-day uh, shred at the moment. We're reading the whole Bible in 30 days. And I see some of the guys are nodding because we've just come through Exodus. I see some friends. <laughs> it's, it's hectic, hey? But, it, but, it, but it's amazing. It, it, really is, it really is amazing. And we actually just read this passage. But they've, they've, they've just come out of, out of Egypt through the Red Sea. Uh, the Red Sea is parted. They've walked through. Uh, Pharaoh and his guys have been destroyed. Moses has just come down from the mountain of the Lord, receiving the Ten Commandments. He gets to the bottom, and the children of Israel have made a golden calf, and they're worshiping it. They're dancing around it. Oh, you've just seen the Red Sea part, and now you're worshiping a golden calf. Anyway, Moses gets upset. He goes to God. There's some conversation. And in verse 3, God says, go up to a land flowing with milk and honey. And in other words, go to the promised land. Go. I'll still give you the promised land, but I will not go up with you because you are stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. <laughs> the Lord is saying that despite the horrible sin, I'll still grant you the blessing of the promised land, the place you've been dreaming about, the place you've heard about, the place you've always wanted, everything you've ever wanted. Just think about that for a moment. The people could have received the blessing of the Lord without the requirements of worshiping his holy name. And Moses says no. Moses says no. If your presence isn't going with me, I'm not going. I won't even accept the ultimate goal of my life's work, in a sense, if you are not in it, Lord. It's quite a remarkable thing. I won't have the things of God without God himself. Isn't that remarkable? And you see, that's what worship does, church. That's what worship does. Worship, worship, worship goes, it reminds me that I'm to desire the giver of the gifts more than the gifts themselves. Even something as significant as the promised land, this place that, that, I, that I've intended to go, the ultimate goal, I won't accept unless the Lord is with me. Do you see how important worship is in the life of the believer? You guys still with me this morning? I promise you I've got two more points and then we'll be on the beach or in an aircon room somewhere because it is hot. Please send an operational person to help me change the fan, Lord, please. 
Um, secondly, what does it mean to enjoy the Lord? Well, it means, firstly, that we find our true purpose in his presence. And secondly, it means that we find joy in his promises. That's the word. Enjoying the Lord means that we find joy in his promises. And that is through the word. Let's have a look at Psalm chapter one, verses one to three. I'm sure most of us have probably heard this passage before. David saying, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. What's he like? He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. How amazing is that? You know, and I've often asked myself this question over the years, friends. It's often, I've, I've often posed this question to myself. You know, if it feels like I'm in a season where I'm not hearing clearly from God, or if I'm, you know, battling unusual amounts of anxiety or stress in my life, or if I seem to be a bit disconnected from God in a season, when those things have happened, I've often asked myself this question, and, and it's a simple one. What have I saturated myself with in the days or weeks leading up to that season? Or what's, what's been the input into my life in the time leading up to one of those seasons of difficulty? And if I'm honest, well, not always the case, of course, because things happen and situations take place that are completely outside and unexpected, outside of our control and, and, and unexpected, and it's got no reflection on the time we spent with God. But often, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, when one of those personal feelings of disconnection or fear or stress happen, it's because I've saturated myself with something other than the Word of God. I've allowed my time to be taken up by something else that can never provide the joy and the encouragement and the conviction and the guidance and the comfort that we have through God's promises, through his word. And then I've wondered why I felt so disconnected. It's like, you've put nothing in. How can you expect to get that out? We need to stay connected to the source, friends. And my hope, my prayer for, for me personally and for us as a church this year is I want us to develop a deeper desire to receive the joy that comes from finding rest in the promises of God in his word. That's how we enjoy him. That's how we enjoy him. That's, that's how we enjoy him. It's by finding joy for our souls in his promises. It's by knowing him. You know, think about someone that you know, a friend or a family member who has a character trait that you admire. Anyone got any friends that are just like, you know, I love the fact that this person is just so kind and generous. You guys know someone like that? Uh, no matter, how, you know, maybe, this, maybe you know someone that's just really joyful. They just exude joy, that bubbly personality. Doesn't matter how bad your day has been, when you meet with them, it's just contagious. You just feel that joy rubbing off on you. Or maybe someone who's loyal or spontaneous or gracious or forgiving. You know, you, you want to spend time with that person and you enjoy what they bring into your life. You know, we've, we've all got someone like that. Now, multiply all of those characteristics by infinity. Join them together with all the other wonderful and perfect qualities you could ever think of and you'll begin to discover the glory of God and his beautiful friendship that he offers to everyone who would come to him. It's in his word, friends. That's how we get to know him more. That's how we get to enjoy him more. And when it comes to reading, I mean, we spoke about this 30-day shred that we're doing. Get practical about it if you must. I'll be honest, I also, I, I didn't always find it easy to read scripture. Is that too much honesty for Sunday morning? But 
it was, it was true. I, I didn't understand a lot of it, if I'm very honest, especially in my early journey. And I thought that because I didn't understand all of it, I couldn't appreciate or learn from any of it. You know, you get to a book like Leviticus and you go, jeepers. Oh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on here. Ek weet nie. Father, help me. And then you just put it down and, you know, pick it up six months later. When it comes to the reading, just, just get practical. Start with a translation that makes sense to you. Start with a translation that you understand. Go to the YouVersion Bible app. Start a plan that takes you through a book of the Bible at a time. Pray, ask God to, to speak to you through his word. And I promise you, you will begin to enjoy the Lord more as you discover and take heart the incredible promises that he has given us in and through his word. Can you say amen to that? Second Peter 1 verse 3, and then I'll close with a final thought, says this. I've quoted this verse often. It's one of my favorites. It says, his divine power has given us everything required everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these, he's given us very great and precious promises. What's the purpose? That through them, you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. Church, let's become a people this year that enjoy the Lord more through the reading and receiving in and through his word. Can you say amen to that? And then finally, friends, I'll close with this with this final thought, and perhaps we'll unpack this a little bit more over the next couple of weeks. But enjoying the Lord more means, finally, that we find protection in his power, and that's through prayer. We find protection in his power, and that's through prayer. You know, prayer is a pretty big topic for me um, personally at the moment. I'm finding that more and more, I'm just reminded of the simple importance of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, simply says this, rejoice always, pray when? Okay, pray constantly. <laughs> Give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Just keep that up there for a moment, guys. You know, this is becoming more and more important for me because I'm realizing that in a relationship, you cannot have connection without communication. And as Carrie Newhoff famously words it, and I'm, can't find a better way to describe it. Prayer is not a button to be pushed. It's a relationship to be pursued. And in a relationship, you cannot have connection without communication. And here we go. It's not only just an encouragement. It's an instruction for us as his followers to pray continuously. And it's to our benefit that we do so, church, because of how it deepens our awareness of God and our reliance on him. I love that verse so much. It cuts straight to the chase. Pray constantly. Lloyd, pray constantly. This year, get too busy not to pray. <laughs> Often too busy to pray, right? Changing that around this year. Lord, just get me too busy not to pray because I know this is where I receive. This, this is where, this is where I step into God's power, God's protection through his power. And this is through prayer. Can I close with a final, a final verse this morning? I am aware of the time and I know that I've taken a little bit more this morning, but I didn't get to preach fully last week, so it's all coming through now. I'm sorry. And you can see it's rather warm. I'm also feeling the, feeling the pinch, but I've, I've missed you guys, and I miss being back in the building. The visitors are like, can this, I just please go home now. Cut his mic. We need, to, we need to leave. I've got one more verse. One more verse. I promise. Psalm 91. Psalm 91, speaking about God's protection and his power in prayer. Probably one of the most famous verses during lockdown. Um, remember that season, goodness. This verse was quoted a lot, and I think for very good reason. 
a reminder of what it says. And, and my grandfather, by the way, as I've shared this before, used to quote this verse to me every single morning when he was alive. And he lived to 99, so I heard it a lot. Um, hey, Lloyd, Psalm 91. I'm like, yes, Grandpa, I know the words by now. But they really are one of the most powerful, I find, in all of, in, in all of Scripture when it comes to this topic. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. What's the secret place? Prayer, communion, connection with the Father. He who dwells there, pray constantly. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's a powerful promise. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Friends, it's like we have this open invitation this morning. It's like we have this, this, this providence, this provision that God is placing before us to step into his power, find protection in his power through prayer, through prayer. And I'm, I'm reminded more and more and more that as we step forward into this year, as we look forward to the various things that we have to do, and I know you in your unique space have got some plans that you want to achieve this year. You've got some goals that you want to accomplish. You've got some places to go, people to see, things to do. You know, it's this, this, this expansive territory to claim and take as your own. May, may I encourage you this morning to, to, to not go into that without first getting into the secret place. Without first getting into the secret place because that is where you become aware of who you are in him and that is where you receive his, his power, his provision. And you say amen to that this morning? Church, would you mind standing with me as we, as we close? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask uh, Rob or Sherwin actually. Sherwin, yeah, you are on the keys this morning, I think. Yes? Oh, oh Rob's coming up. Thanks, Rob Sherwin, appreciate it. Showing off now. But... Um, Friends, I wanted to share this message with you this morning as a kind of a starting point, really, um, to, to stepping into this vision of enjoying the Lord more. And I want you to know that it's not about earning something or proving yourself as perfect. It's simply about receiving. And I don't think we're fully aware always of how much God wants to release His goodness over our lives. I think sometimes we make it more about ourselves than what it should be instead of just stepping into that place of, receiving from him and enjoying him more. And my hope as a church is that we'll get to the end of this year and even if things look different to our January, you know, goals, we will find deeper levels of spiritual fulfillment because we would have become the people God wanted us to become before we have done the things we thought we should have done for God. Does that make sense? And so with that in mind, would you mind closing your eyes with me for a moment as I wrap up for us in a word of prayer and... Um, I'm going to take a moment, as I feel led this morning, to especially pray for someone that is perhaps considering this relationship with the Lord for the first time. You know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, talk about God out there and church and um, perhaps some of it's been confusing to you and you haven't been quite sure about how this whole thing works and you found yourself here this morning and I want you to know it's not by accident. You are here for a very specific reason, a very specific purpose and this just might be that where you would get to take this first step and receive the invitation of a, of a relationship with God through His Son. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do. It's the most powerful decision you'll ever make. And I wanna just create a moment we can, where we can, where we can pray, pray for that. And so 
Yeah, Father, we acknowledge your goodness this morning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you that you are for us, Lord. And we thank you that despite what might have happened in our yesterday, we thank you that all things are new in your presence. And so this morning, Father, we, we, we draw near to you. We thank you for your word that says when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. Father, we ask that you would help us become the people that you want us to be this year. And if you are here this morning, church, I'm just going to take a few moments and lean into this for a bit. If you are here this morning and if you are saying, you know what, I want to say yes. I, I want to receive the grace of God in, our, in and through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's me. I've tried to do things my own way. Today's a new start. I would love to pray for you just where you are. And I'd like you just to acknowledge that this morning and just say, this is me just by raising your hand long enough for me to see it and then you can put it down again. And Thank you so much, guys. There's a few hands going. Every eye's closed, every head's bowed. It's okay. This is, we're not going to embarrass you, but I just, I just want you to take that step and just say, yeah, that's me. Thank you so much. You can, you can put your hands down and I'm just going to lead you in a very, very simple prayer. Um, it's just a prayer of acknowledging that, that Jesus is Lord and you invite him in. He's, he's already made the, the first move, friend. You just receive. And so if you wouldn't mind just praying the simple prayer after me out loud or in your heart. And church, if, if you wouldn't mind joining me in this as a way of supporting those that, that raised their hands this morning and that have received salvation, this is a good thing. Amen. And so on the kind of thing, I'm just going to ask you just to repeat this very simple prayer after me and then I'll wrap up for us afterwards. But just pray these simple words as we turn our hearts to God. Just say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge this morning that I need you. Please come into my life. Please forgive me for sinning against you. Today, I receive your grace. Take charge. Lead me by your spirit. Every day, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, could you give God a shout of praise and worship this morning in adoration? Thank you. I'm really, I'm really encouraged this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that you took that step of faith with us. And, and I'd love to have a chat to you after the service as well. If you'd like to come forward, I'll be here for a conversation. And I'd love to also help you get connected in the life of the church. Take some meaningful next steps. There's some amazing things that are happening and amazing opportunities for you to get involved. And so we can walk this road out with you. Amen. And otherwise, church, enjoy a wonderful cup of coffee. If you're visiting us this morning for the first time, coffee's on us. So I hope that you'll make use of that invitation. Otherwise, have a blessed week, everybody. See you on Sunday. God bless and thank you so much.